five, four, three, two. This is the Come On Network podcast. Come On Network, it's on the come up for sure. The best Pittsburgh-based podcast available. Is that so? If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I, I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton FNA. The 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers season continues, and it is a big clash on Monday Night Football back at home for the Steelers after the win in Cleveland with the Chicago Bears. It is episode 87 as well of the Come On Network podcast, and it is our Steelers preview for the matchup with the Justin Fields-led Bears. Today's episode is presented by Pelocus and its Primal Instinct pre-workout. Be sure to use the code Come on at checkout at Pelocus.com for 15% off. That's again P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Come On Network podcast is found wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and more. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network, and we're online at comeon.network. Our blog is there. Our merch is there. Make sure you check that out at comeon.network forward slash store. Kyle Dawson, Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smelter, Jack Hillgrove with you. We will break down this one. Our keys to the game, our X factors, our picks, and also later in the episode, we'll be joined by Barstool Sports personality and friend of the show, Joey Molinero. That interview will come up in just a little bit, but boys, uh, a big one for the Steelers, a big two-week stretch here with an easy schedule that follows up the Cleveland Browns win that put the Steelers at four and three and an opportunity for this team with two wins against, I think we can call them inferior opponents, to get to six and three before that daunting part of the schedule that we've been talking about all year begins. Yeah, this uh, game uh, should be pretty cut and dry, honestly. Aside from Justin Fields, uh, maybe being a good quarterback one day, there isn't really much good going on in Chicago. Matt Nagy is a bum. The Bears are three and five. All five of those losses are by double digits. So the days of George Hallis and Sid Othman are long ago and far away. The keys to this game are really simple for the Steelers. I think the biggest one for me is just don't turn the ball over. I talked to you guys um, off the air about how uh, maybe Ben Roethlisberger is getting a little too much credit for the past three weeks. Not that the quarterback hasn't performed decently well. I think he has. But I think some people in this city might be under the illusion that Ben has been better than he actually has been because he hasn't thrown any interceptions in the past three weeks. I think for the Bears to have a chance um, at an upset, uh, they need to force a turnover on defense. And by the same token, if the Steelers can keep the ball and not uh, turn it over, not really have any mistakes that could turn uh, an easy win into a potential upset, 
Um, I think they'll be all right. So that's the biggest key for me is that the Steelers keep the ball. They'll be okay Monday night. Yeah, I mean, on theory, this should be, uh, Joe, I think cut and dry is a pretty uh, solid way to describe this one. Uh, Justin Fields is having a rough go of it uh, as the Bears quarterback. Three touchdowns to seven interceptions. Uh, The completion percentage is also not that great. And the team around him isn't that great either. Uh, I think Matt Nagy personally is a clown. Um, I think that's a conversation for another day and for another fandom. I mean, he's not the Steelers head coach, so I don't really care how good or bad he is, but I just don't think that he's good enough to lead the bears to, uh, you know, back to prominence as Joe alluded to um, earlier. But like I said, this game should be, uh, simple on paper for the Steelers Monday night at home. Uh, they historically play well on the color rush. It's good to see those uniforms come back. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Bears have struggled defensively as well. And I think that that gives Ben Roethlisberger, who has not thrown an interception since week five and has been one of the better quarterbacks around the league week f- since week five as well, statistically. Um, I, it should be enough of room for him to get the job done. Um, I And then, you know, Joe, you were talking about Justin Fields and saying whether or not that he could be a good quarterback in this league someday. I think he can be, but he's not right now. And this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team and this defense should take full advantage of that. And I also, too, want to give a uh, – and even though we're recording this, we're recording this on a Thursday evening – um, the Melvin Ingram trade on Taco Tuesday allows Taco Charlton to move into that kind of third outside linebacker role. So I think that's going to be something that Steelers fans should be excited about while we were talking about Melvin Ingram um, adding a lot of depth that out, at that outside linebacker position. Taco Charlton's a, a first round pick, and I think that he can kind of do the same thing that Melvin Ingram did. And I don't think it'd be very hard because Melvin Ingram didn't do a whole lot for um, the Steelers in 2021. So uh, long story short, I think this game should be pretty in hand for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think it just comes down to the time of possession and possession of the football. If you, if you don't give the Chicago bears unnecessary chances with the football, then this game should be won by the Steelers pretty easily. And I think if they follow that logic, they should be able to cover this spread relatively easily as well. The Steelers need to reverse the pattern they have against the Bears. They last beat Chicago when Jerome Bettis ran over Brian Urlacher back in 2005 on the Steelers' wild road to Super Bowl 40. That is hard to believe for me. Mike Tomlin has never defeated the Chicago Bears in multiple tries, and Ben Roethlisberger has only done it once, and that was in his second season. However, since 1991, the Steelers are 19 and 0 at home on Monday Night Football. They've won three straight games. They play an inferior opponent with a rookie QB in a primetime game. Keep the momentum going on offense. Feed Najee Harris. Let that offensive line continue to mold together because they have looked better in every game. Uh, they looked great running the football against the Browns. I thought so. Uh, so. Uh, pass blocking wise, uh, make it four in a row with a meeting against a winless team coming up after this one. All good points by you guys. I would echo Joe's sentiment in that if you don't turn the football over, this should be an easy win 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll reverse that, though. I think that the Steelers' key is turning Justin Fields over and the Bears' offense over a couple of times. This is a Bears team that on offense is not playing really well. Justin Fields, like Jack mentioned, is having a rough go at things. Uh, He's got the seven interceptions. He's been sacked 26 times. The completion percentage is under 60%. The quarterback rating is 65.7. It's just not been very good for the man from Columbus, Ohio, and Donnie's Ohio State Buckeyes uh, to start his career. And it's not to say that it can't get better. I think he's going to need a new head coach. Uh, but that's, again, neither here nor there. Uh, and probably needs a better running game as well. Khalil Herbert's been okay uh, in, in his performances so far for the Bears, but they're really missing David Montgomery, uh, who I believe was uh, eligible to come off the, the IR at this point. Uh, but I think they just designated him to return to practice today. Uh, so I don't think he – well, obviously he doesn't have any shot. He's got that 21-day window now. Uh, But none of the receivers scare me anymore. Allen Robinson with Justin Fields throwing the football is having an anemic season. Uh, Just terrible from Allen Robinson this year after he was, at least fantasy-wise, and and over the course of the last couple of years as a receiver, I'd say one of the top 10 or 20 receivers in the league. Definitely one of the better number ones around the league. Uh, Darnell Mooney has more targets and more receptions than Allen Robinson does this year. And uh, looking at the injury report, we got the extra day of practice this week with it being a Monday night game. So we don't know too much of what's going to go on throughout as we record this on Thursday night. But we know that Khalil Mack did not practice on Thursday uh, with a foot injury. Alec Ogletree did not practice with a knee. Uh, Damian Williams, who's one of the backup running backs for the Bears, did not practice with a knee. Our guy, J.P. Holtz, did not practice. Uh, He had a concussion Uh, And and also Chris Boswell was limited for the Steelers and obviously coming off the concussion and he's in the protocol of to see how that works out for him the rest of the week. But if the Steelers do need to go to Josh Lambeau, I don't think that's that big of a deal uh, in the grand scheme of of this football game. Uh, I'll make one more point on in terms of keys to the game and turning the football over for the defense. It's they got to get to Justin Fields to do so and kind of create pressure on him, uh, whether that's TJ Watt, Uh, or maybe Devin Bush and and Robert Spillane getting back there, Alex Highsmith. Uh, I don't know that Taco Charlton will slide in as the three in terms of the outside linebacker. You'll probably see a lot more of our boy 48 out there for the Steelers, Uh, and I'm still going to refuse to say his name just to to mess with Joe a little bit. Uh, But you'll probably see a lot more of him in this game too, Uh, and, and if that's good or bad for the Steelers, uh, I guess I'll leave that up to what people have an opinion of of number 48 for the Steelers uh, that is definitely not Bud Dupree anymore. Um, but I think that the interceptions, the turnovers are going to start to come. They've been down in terms of a number of those this year for the Steelers. Uh, I think that's a big key to the game for the defense to uh, kind of help this offense out a little bit and, and let them take over with some short fields and, and put on a show on Monday night in the color rush uniforms. Let's uh, Let's shift gears to our X factors before we chat with Joey. My X factor is Devin Bush. Um, it's, Justin Fields um, has not been great um, as a rookie, obviously. And Mike Tomlin feasts on rookie quarterbacks. Uh, so that bodes well for the Steelers. But with that said, the Steelers need to respect how this kid can run the ball. 103 yards on 10 carries is a hell of a day on the ground for a running back, let alone a quarterback. And that's what Fields put up last Sunday against the 49ers. So. 
The Steelers need to be ready for what Fields can do on the ground. And on Devin Bush's end, this guy is being labeled a first-round bust by some. And to be clear, I'm definitely not one of those people. But I do acknowledge that Bush hasn't been great in 2021, and I'm disappointed with how he's performed, as I think a lot of people um, have a right to be. Uh, he needs to have a big game Monday uh, to get his confidence back. I don't know exactly what Keith Butler is going to have in mind, but I think with Bush being an inside linebacker and with his speed and with what he can do running sideline to sideline, he'd be one of those guys spying on Justin Fields, keeping an eye on him and making sure he doesn't get loose. So the Steelers need to neutralize the opposing quarterback. Bush needs to have a big game. I think Monday night the latter can definitely help the former get accomplished. Yeah, I'm not too sure that this defense is going to have a tough time. And Joe, while you mentioned Fields' stat line last week, I think that's definitely notable. But I think the Steelers' defense is going to do a pretty good job against the Bears' offense. Um, even if the Steelers' defense has an average game, I still think the Steelers win this game by double digits. Uh, Chicago's statistically the worst offense in football. If you look at their yards per game, two, 264, and second worst is Houston at 281. So there's like a nice little sizable gap there between 32 and 31, Chicago being the worst as far as yards per game in the league. And if you flip to the defense for Chicago, um, they've given up a thousand rushing yards and even one K and that's the fifth most in football. So that's why my X factor is number 22, Najee Harris. Like I said, the bears have given up a thousand yards, four and a half rushing yard, four and a half yards per carry, I should say, and eight rushing touchdowns this season. Um, hopefully Najee Harris can get the, get it done on the ground at home uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he will. And if he can, this game, I think teeters on a blowout. Uh, so hopefully Najee Harris can get it done for Pittsburgh. I'm going with the Steelers pass rush, uh, the, the Steelers front seven specifically. Uh, the Bears offensive line is not good. Uh, Justin Fields and company looked all right against the 49ers, but the week before that was a disaster. It was an awful outing against the great defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think this front seven group, maybe even just the front four or five, can really get after it for Pittsburgh on Monday night. Cam Hayward should continue to dominate. TJ Watt should have another night at the office. Alex Highsmith probably has an extra chip on his shoulder after the Melvin Ingram debacle earlier this week in his trade to Kansas City. Taco Charlton has something to prove in black and gold, the former first-round pick. This group has a chance to have some fun Monday night. We don't want to see a replay of the Seattle game where it was way too close for comfort, and I don't think we get that. I think the defense comes out and plays uh, maybe not inspired. Uh, I mean, they should always be inspired, but it wouldn't be anything more special uh, for this defense to do. But I, I think uh, the Steelers' defense has one of its best games of the entire season on Monday night against the Bears. So I'll just flip over to keep it along with my key of turning Justin Fields over and I'll just stick away from Donnie's uh, front seven. I'll just go with the defensive secondary, whether that's Edmonds, Fitzpatrick, Sutton, Hayden, uh, throw Pierre Norwood, uh, Mallette in there, guys like that. Uh, those guys, are, I think, can have a feast with Justin Fields. And uh, again, a guy that has three touchdowns, seven interceptions, 
a guy that I think can be intercepted and will be intercepted a couple of times by the Steelers this week. Uh, and that number starts to go up a little bit in what I think is going to be a pretty dominant performance for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll leave the X Factor talk at that. When we return from this small pause, we will sit down with Barstool Sports personality and friend of the show, Joey Molinaro. That includes a visit from Chris Collinsworth. And that comes your way next on episode 87 of the Come On Network podcast. Zetterberg installed to go for it with six and a half to go. Off the tie-up. It comes back to the point. Rapolsky, the shot. Knocked down a front scramble. Another shot. Another shot. Oh, the horn sounds and the Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Doc Emmerich here. If you want to know all about sports, just stay right where you are. The Come On Network. Back on episode 87 of the Come On Network podcast, it's our Steelers preview for this week's Monday night football matchup with the Chicago Bears. And we told you on the week 80, or the week 86, the episode 86, our Steelers reaction that we'd have a big guest for you returning to the show and a friend of the show, Barstool Sports, Joey Molinero back with us. Uh, Joey, thanks for joining us again. Uh, I know we're looking forward to having you in town this weekend and for Pittsburgh is as well, but uh, a big game for the Steelers coming off a, a really impressive win against the Browns this past week. Boys, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I echo all your sentiments. I can't wait to be out there back in uh, Pittsburgh again. We were there over the summer multiple times, but this is going to be my first fall trip there in uh, two years. So I love Pittsburgh in the fall. You know, the wife coming out there, looking very much forward to it. And holy hell. All of a sudden, our boys in black and gold are looking at a five and three record, staring them in the face. How about it? Yeah. Uh, so this season, um, I don't think the uh, Tomlin trap game we always hear about has really happened yet. Uh, now that both Vegas and Cincinnati are way better than we thought they were going to be. So now that things are starting to look pretty good, one three in a row, have Detroit on the horizon next week, probably the worst team in the NFL. Um, is there any concern, um, in your head at least, uh, that uh, this week might be that stereotypical uh, play down to your opponent and uh, lay an egg type of game? You know, uh, no, it really isn't. I, 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 I hear you because typically, you know, my dad and I, we, we, we always circle a couple games every year of, uh, you know, the old Tom letdown, like you said. I was, I think most of us were at it last year in Cincinnati uh, on Monday Night Football. What a disaster that was. Um, but I never circled this one as that. Um, I don't I don't know why. I just, you know, in prime time, a day extra of rest coming off of the win in Cleveland. Um, you know, you, you add in the color rush. I know that doesn't really mean anything, but hey, the stats are the stats are six and one in those in those bad boys. Um, I just I don't look at it like that. I, I, I is Khalil Mack playing? Do we know? I thought he was out. But then Tomlin was like talking about him in his comp press conference. I don't, I, I don't know if he's in or out. Do we know? I, I don't believe any of us are sure, judging by the uh, silence there. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonetheless, uh, you know, Khalil Mack is, uh, you know, a little banged up. Uh, we just saw that uh, at least they could keep Jadavion Clowney and, and, and uh, Miles Garrett in check enough to win a ball game on the road. So 
I just I don't really have too many concerns about the Chicago team. They don't have a really explosive offense. They got a rookie quarterback. I, I think that uh, Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and the boys will be able to feast on him. And and you know you got a banged up player in Khalil Mack, and I just. I feel good about the way they're playing right now. I think that they're focused. I think that they have an edge, and, and I, I really don't see this as being a letdown, no. Joey, the Steelers are wearing those color rush jerseys, as you alluded to. Uh, for you, where do those rank among all-time Steelers uniforms? Man, they're up there. I mean, I, I you know, I, I've been on record as saying that, that we have the best uniforms in the NFL, bar none, whether it be – just the color schemes of the logo or, or anything. You know what I mean? Everybody talks about the Raiders, but those look like practice jerseys to me. Uh, you know, the chargers are very nice, but uh, you know, they, they have a very favorable color scheme and there's kind of too many of them, right? The Steelers, it's just great. Cause you got, you got what you got and they're classic and they're beautiful. Um, man, they're up there. I mean, it, if they're not one, they're, they're definitely one, a or one B where, uh, you know, the, I really am a big fan of the block numbers. I, I think that the, um, the italicized is fine. And I get what they're going for a more modern type of feel and everything. But you look back at the the throwbacks that they wore with the block numbers in 2018. And then, you know, with the whole run in the seventies and everything, I mean, those are just 70s to the 90s. Like, those are just beautiful. Um, so I'd say one B to the block numbered black jerseys, but also, people sleep on the on the bumblebees. I don't know how you guys feel about them. I see people trash them on social media all the time. I love the bumblebees. I thought they were fun. I have great memories watching the boys and the bumblebees. So uh, they're up there as well. Let's talk about that win against Cleveland a little bit. Uh, obviously, one I think probably you were hearing it too. I mean, we we don't get it as much on a large scale as maybe you even see it on on Twitter and social media, but. It seemed like everyone in Cleveland was convinced that the Browns were never going to lose the Steelers again. And then Baker Mayfield goes out. I don't want to say lays an egg because I don't think it was all his fault, but the Browns go out. Miles Garrett isn't as effective as maybe he needed to be to win the game. And the Steelers come away with a really big win on the road in Cleveland on Halloween. Yeah, man. I, I, I uh, about 20 minutes before kickoff, I sent out a tweet and I was just kind of, reverse psychologizing the whole day you know I was like no way the Browns lose to the washed up no good tick-tocking loser Steelers you know congrats Browns I don't even know why we're playing today because you're right that's what we've heard for the last 10 months is that Big Ben's washed up the Steelers are done five and 12 is coming it's the Browns division again Big Ben's never going to beat the Browns again why are the Steelers rolling Big Ben out there? This is Cleveland's division now. All they do is TikTok, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's all we've heard, all we've seen from everybody. Um, and then, lo and behold, it's been the same old, same old for how, however long they've been playing football, really. The Steelers beating the Browns in Cleveland. Like I said, after the game, I don't want to make it a big deal because I don't ever want beating Cleveland to be a big deal. That's what the Steelers do. It's what the Steelers should always do. So, you know, Cleveland gets our number one time, uh, you know, when they're red hot in uh, the playoffs in a weird fake year where there's no fans in the stands, they get our number one time and uh, you know, they want to throw a parade for themselves. And that's just not how we roll in Pittsburgh. There's greater expectations. So you go on the road, you beat them like you're supposed to. They put them in last place where they belong, and then you go on to the next one. So this is being recorded uh, Wednesday evening, and uh, this is the day that 
Odell Beckham Jr., uh, his relationship with the Browns is looking increasingly frosty. In fact, it looks like he might never suit up for that team again, a la Terrell Owens in Philly. But while, from my standpoint, while it's fun to see the Browns looking like they might be combusting, it also concerns me because you remember last year, Beckham went down, um, and not that uh, anybody getting hurt is ever good for a team, but Beckham went down, I think, during the Cincinnati game, and the facts are the offense was a lot better without him than they were with him, and they ended up finishing 11-5. and Um, As a team that's battling with Cleveland in the division, as a fan of the team that's battling anyway, um, what are you thinking, Joey, about the Browns potentially being a lot better without Beckham on the field? A, because he doesn't seem to fit into their system and what they want to do, and B, because he's just a diva and a distraction. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I totally, that's, that's why I haven't really been doing, you know, too many like victory laps or, or again, throwing parades because like I said in the post game video too, one, I don't want ever beating Cleveland to be a big deal, but two, we beat the doors off of Cleveland in the first game that we played them last year. And then we saw what happened down the stretch. It's a long season. We're only into the beginning of November. It's just about to be week nine. A lot can change, and to your point, it's proven that really Cleveland's offense hums better without Odell Beckham. So while it is funny to watch all this go down, as a Steelers fan, I'm sitting here saying, well, history's shown that it doesn't really matter if you beat him the first time. you got to beat him again when it matters. And two, they might be better without OBJ. So I'm, I'm holding off on the victory laps, you know, really rubbing a lot of folks in Cleveland who I won't even give – uh, the, the the satisfaction of mentioning their names, uh, but a lot of those folks' nose in it. I'm going to hold off on that because I'm trying to learn from from our past lessons here. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, you'll see what happens uh, the next few weeks when OBJ's not there, and if you know Baker comes out and is starting to hum a little bit and playing, you know, uh, uh, I guess above uh, a decently average quarterback, the uh, you know for what he is then uh, I'm not going to be too happy about this Odell mess. I'm kind of hoping that he wish, you know, that he would have just stayed, but uh, it's not looking like that way. Cam Hayward is having an incredible season, whether you believe the whole pro football focus thing or not. Uh, where is he on your list among favorite current Steelers? And do you think he has any chance of winning a defensive player of the year award like Aaron Donald did as a defensive tackle? Man, Cam Hayward for so many reasons isn't just up there for favorite current stealer. He's uh, up there for an all time favorite stealer. Um, to me, when you hear what Troy Polamalu talked about in his hall of fame speech about um, what it means to be a stealer and what a stealer is. And, 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 you know, the, the greatest honor is having former players say you could have played with us. That's Cam Hayward through and through. Um, the guy is just a beast. He's a monster. He's only getting better with age. He's not letting off at all. He's been the anchor of that defense for the past 10 years. Um, just uh, uh, not only the anchor of the defense on the field, but he's just uh, obviously he's a captain. He's been a captain. Um, and, and, you know, and then I, I've gotten the chance to get to know him a little bit uh, personally, you know, uh, via his, his softball game and different events like that. And we've interacted on social media and the guy is just an all-timer, man. I mean, he 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 deserves nothing more uh, than to retire a Steeler. He deserves nothing more to be uh, coming back for those Hall of Fame inductions, like we saw a few weeks ago, and having him up there in the suite with uh, Mel Blunt and Joe Green and all those guys. I mean, he is up there. 
Um, and I, so I love Cam Hayward. I mean, I, 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 it really breaks my heart to think about, and I still have plenty of faith in the boys, but it breaks my heart to think about that Cam Hayward could be some, somebody, one of those great Steelers that, you know, uh, plays for him for 10, 12, 15, well, 12, 15 years and doesn't ever get a Super Bowl ring, you know? So, uh, if anybody, you know, we all want to see big Ben go out on top. Right. But, uh, if anybody deserves a Super Bowl ring, it's, it's my man, Cam Hayward. So I, I can't praise that man enough. This Chicago Bears team that's coming in here on Monday night, uh, obviously we, you talked about it a little bit earlier, even Justin Fields, a rookie quarterback, uh, defense that maybe isn't as great as it once was under Matt Nagy. And I, I think a team that's a, a very winnable opponent or uh, beatable opponent for the Steelers. And then you follow that up with Detroit. And all of a sudden, maybe, I don't know if it's false hope, maybe it is uh, for the Steelers right now, uh, but if you get two more wins, you're sitting at six and three, and I think the, the kitchen sink's open to you at that point to make the playoffs, and then from there, who knows what can happen. Yeah, dude, I mean, again, you, 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 we have seen those let-up games, so you don't want to get too too ahead of ourselves, but, uh, you know, the whole on paper, you're right, and then uh, as much as I rode off the Steelers after, and I was so mad and just upset and defeated after that Bengals loss to fall to one and two, you know, I, 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 I rode off a lot of things, but I mean, we've seen time and time again that, you know, you break down the NFL season by quarters and the Steelers lost the first quarter. They're one and three, but hell, they're looking pretty damn good in the second quarter, you know? And then if we get in the third quarter and we find ourselves there at six and three, seven and three, seven and four, you're right in the mix, man. Uh, but what it all comes down to, even if you are six and three, as we've seen the last three or four years, the collapse in December, I mean, you can't have that. I mean, you know, uh, what is it? Um, 2018, you're seven, two, and one, miss the playoffs. Uh, 2019, eight and five, lose the last three games, miss the playoffs. 2020 you already started 11-0 right and you're looking good but you still shit the bed down the stretch in December and you know it just wasn't working well going into the wild card round so you know even if they do stumble a little bit in late November you know and you find yourself at seven and five you know whatever it is uh, we saw the Buccaneers last year they're seven and five they didn't lose another game so if you're going to be 500 or right around that going into December, I'd rather that be the case than have you rattle off three or four or win every game in December and, and, and come together strong on a run, the playoffs, like we saw back in 2005. So, you know, it, it's all open. It's all in front of you. But I think what we're seeing is uh, what I'm really excited about is just that recipe and that identity of what this Steelers team is. And what that is, is flying around, wreaking havoc, causing pressure on the quarterback on defense interceptions will come I believe that but then on offense Big Ben about 26 to 28 throws a game Najee Harris at least 25 touches a game probably more and uh you know you, then you're sitting pretty right so that that's good because at the beginning of the season I was just like who is this team Cleveland runs the hell out of the ball Baltimore runs the hell out of the ball they have an identity they're they're, they're they committed to it and that's who they are you know, Cincinnati's got Joe Burrow. They want to go five wide. They want to hit Jamar Chase. That's who they are. Who the hell are the Steelers? And I think now we're finally getting that identity, and I, and I think that's good. So you talked about uh, Cam Hayward uh, going down as an all-time great Steeler, if he already isn't there already. Um, I kind of doubt that Melvin Ingram goes down as an all-time Steeler <laughs> great. Um, something I was uh, thinking about in some account, I forget who it was, brought up uh, something along these lines on Twitter, is that Melvin Ingram is pretty obviously going to go down uh, whenever he retires as 
a player known to most football fans, but not known, um, not thought of uh, by non-Steeler fans, or for that matter, Steeler fans, as a guy that played for the Steelers. Who are some other players that you see um, in that light? Uh, for one, um, there's days when I just randomly think about uh, how Michael Vick um, played for the Steelers and started at quarterback in multiple regular season games. But who are some other guys uh, to name that are players that just aren't thought of as Pittsburgh Steelers, but had very respectable careers for every team? Yeah, man, this is a really fun game. Um, that Mike Vick, I mean, that Mike Vick Chargers Monday night game, that's an all timer. I don't care what you say. I mean, <laughs> the way it ended, uh, just just like you said, the fact that Mike Vick is the quarterback for the Steelers, uh, that, that is an all timer. Um, how about uh, Jacoby Jones, right? That's he was awful. I, I don't know what happened there, but he, he was, was terrible. That, that Sunday night game against the Colts, where he muffed at least one punt, maybe two. But yeah. I, I think I think Tomlin should have tried to trip him more when he played. For <laughs> he was he was an absolute Steeler killer when he was with Baltimore. Uh, you know, has a tremendous. Wouldn't he? Well, if Flacco wouldn't have been going off, he probably would have been Super Bowl MVP of that game. I mean, he had a kick return in that long touchdown. Um, yeah, when he Jones his... randomly signing. My God, that's so funny. Um, trying to think of who else here. Uh, Legarrette Blunt, right? Um, those are definitely the two in my mind that stick out of like Legarrette Blunt, geez, New England. They just use him like crazy, wins all these Super Bowls, like plays with us for what nine games, suspended a couple of them, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... the field uh, before the Titans game ended. Yeah, right. So. And I still, I think Dave Damashek, uh, my buddy, our buddy, I, I think me and him still believe to this day that there was some definite, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, tampering going on with the Patriots there. I, I don't believe that old LeGarrette Blunt just walked out on his own after that because then you saw LeGarrette, uh, Le'Veon Bell got hurt, and he could have been perfect for that for that playoff run instead of having – uh, it was a Ben Tate. There's another one, Ben Tate off the street coming in for the wild card game against Baltimore, dude. Wow, that's so funny. Um, but Lance yeah, Moore. go ahead, Lance Moore. Lance Moore's a good one. Yeah, but you know, I like that year with Lance Moore because I felt like he had a few. I remember he had a, a couple big catches against Cincinnati on the road. He had that uh, that pass from AB on Monday Night Football that he scored on. But yeah, I mean, New Orleans. He had a hell of a career in New Orleans. Um, Anybody else got any? This is hilarious. I could keep going with this for days. Uh, I'll mention real quick about how Jacoby Jones uh, got, I think it was a champagne bottle broken over his head by a stripper. So that uh, that also happened. I didn't know that. Uh, Jericho Cautry is one I throw out, although he had his only double-digit touchdown season in Pittsburgh. Yeah, definitely. Like this, That's more so of a guy like you think of him more as a Jet, right? But – I mean, what, 2011 to 2013? He was – Jericho was reliable. I was like, let's get the ball to Jericho, man. Um, God, those are some weird Steelers teams, huh? 2012, 2013. I saw a, a tweet the other day. It was like, name a random running back. And I, I was about to say Baron Batch. But then I just didn't want to subject myself to that awfulness. <laughs> so, I have a great one, but I'm not sure he ever actually played a game for the Steelers. But I remember when the team signed Joey Galloway to the practice squad. I don't know if he ever suited up for a game, 
but I don't remember that's that. definitely somebody. Dang, I don't remember that at all. That's wild. Yeah, man, that's hilarious. I'd say Jacoby Jones, though, by far, just because it's like, oh, God, he's such a raven. What the hell? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Joey, not to put you on the spot here, and I know the, the game is a Monday night football game, not a Sunday night football game, uh, but I'm curious as to how Chris Collinsworth would break down a Permani sandwich. Boy, it's not a lot better than those Fermani sandwiches, is there, Al? I mean, every time we come to Pittsburgh, I just want to do the game from there. I mean, you got a sandwich with meat on it, and then you throw French fries on it, two of the best combinations all put together into one, and I look forward to it every time we come here. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> Excellence. Excellence at work. I, I don't even know how to follow that up. So I guess we'll, we'll just follow that up because I know you're headed out to the Pacers game tonight. Let's just get a, a score prediction for Monday night for you. And then, of course, for we might put out some content over the weekend and in, in the gravel up with you there. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I know Drew can't make it out, I don't think, to that. But are you guys going to be, gonna be gravel on? Be. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, pro probably sometime mid-Monday afternoon. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get more of a plan for that. I know Donnie, we talked about hitting some Archies. Everybody's welcome uh, Sunday evening for some wings and some some beverages and some football. Um, prediction, prediction. Um, let's see. I'm going to go 27. Well, Jesus, Boz going to play or are we going to have to roll at Lambeau or are we going no kicker? Do we know? Do you think Boswell play? I, I don't think at this stage we know. I, I would hope Boswell is good to go, but I guess Josh Lambeau is a better backup option than no kicker. So, By the way, Mike Tomlin is freaking saying Hail Marys and Rosaries all week this week that the Steelers didn't lose that game based on not having a kicker. Because oh, yeah. if he didn't, I think the whole town would have just escorted him out on their own. Um, yeah, go ahead and take that USC job there, Coach T. Um, no, 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 he's fine. Prediction, finally, got it. All right, 27-13 uh, Steelers. 27-13 Steelers. Big win. Uh, color rush. Najee Harris goes off on the national stage. Uh, so does Deontay Johnson. And, um, yeah, Steelers win big. And the Steelers with a chance then to get to 5-3. and three. Episode 87 of the Quad Network Podcast. We'll continue with our picks next, but another thanks to Joey Molinero for hopping on the pod once again. Big friend of the show. Thanks, guys. I'll see you this weekend. And his throw to first, they just doubled up Jimmy Rollins. Oh, man, what an amazing play by Jack Wilson. Hey, this is Jack Wilson, and you're listening to Come On Network Podcast. Another thanks to Joey Malvanero. You'll be able to check him out uh, if you stop at the Gravel Lot. We tell you this every week, but we'll be down at the Gravel Lot Monday uh, for the Steelers game, and Joey and his wife will be in attendance as well. Looking forward to that, but looking forward to the game as well. The Steelers and the Bears on Monday Night Football on ESPN. I'm sure that the production will be great from ESPN's standpoint, and 
If you can sense the minor sarcasm in my voice there, you know where we stand on that. Uh, but a, a big one for the Steelers, guys, as we get ready to make our selections for the Monday night game. Mike Tomlin teams dominate on Monday night. Mike Tomlin teams eat up rookie quarterbacks. The Steelers are due for a double-digit win. The Bears lose by double digits a lot. Chicago's defense stinks and stinks against the run. Najee Harris has a good chance to set a new career high in rushing yards, albeit that's a brief career. The Steelers have everything going for them. Steelers 34, Bears 17, and it won't be as close as the score. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think, and I mentioned earlier that I think this one teeters on a blowout, and I think that if Najee Harris can get it done, and I think Najee Harris will get it done, um, I predict a lo- monstrous game from the, and he has looked better and better each week. I know that we've talked about it before on this podcast and amongst ourselves privately that we wish he would run a little bit better, a little bit smarter, but I mean, you know, he's a rookie and you just hope that he gets a little bit more smart carrying the football, uh, maybe not trying to hurdle as many guys and run some as the way he does to keep him out of contact and keep him out of, keep him out of injury, I should say. Uh, but I think he has a monstrous game against this Bears defense on Monday night. And I think the Steelers, um, Donnie, I think you made a great point about the Steelers defense and, and put it perfectly. It gives them a chance to have some fun. I think that this group on defense is a little ticked off with the way that Melvin Ingram left things and maybe how he worded things uh, in his press conference, his opening press conference at Kansas City. Maybe they didn't even pay attention, but to assume that they did, I think that they're going to be a little bit irritated. I think TJ Watt, We'll have at least one sack and maybe even a forced fumble against Justin Fields just for uh, just for show. I think the defense um, it almost plays as well as the offense. And I think the Steelers get to 30 for the first time in 2021. I am going to pick the Steelers to win this game 31 to 10. And they're going to send Justin Fields, Matt Nagy and company back to Chicago with a full tank of gas, a half a pack of cigarettes. It'll be dark. And Matt Nagy will be wearing sunglasses. Well, before I get to my prediction, we've got to talk about our buddies with Primal Instinct pre-workout by Pelocus. I never got into the whole pre-workout craze. I just worked out without it uh, forever. That was until Primal Instinct came into play. Even after the start, I gave it a few months. But then when I gave it a try, I loved it. Uh, Taste is great. Pump is great. Workout is great. Gives you the energy to blast through a workout or push through one on a tough day with no crash coming afterwards. I would definitely recommend it to anyone looking to get into or try a new pre-workout method. Check out Primal Instinct pre-workout from Pelocus and remember, save 15% by using code COMON, that's C-O-M-O-N, at Pelocus.com, P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Jack, I got to say I love the Blues Brothers reference, uh, but it won't be sweet home Chicago when the Bears go back. Uh, ben will be efficient. Najee will continue to cruise. The defense will play takeaway. The Steelers win it 28 to 14 over the Bears on Monday Night Football. There are a lot of double digit lines in the NFL that I think have been bad lines from the friends in Vegas this season. And I think this should be a double digit line. So therefore, I will be taking the Steelers to cover double digits, and this will also go over what the total is set right now at 40, and that's going to be mostly because of what the Steelers are able to do on offense. The Steelers cover, win going away, convincingly get to 5-3 and three on Monday Night Football. It's the Steelers 35, 
and the Chicago Bears 10 at Heinz Field on Monday night, and they'll be lucky to get to 10. So we'll see. At Heinz Field on Monday night on the shores of the Three Rivers on ESPN. This has been episode 87 of the Come On Network podcast. Before we go, a reminder to hit the subscribe button and to rate our podcast and or leave a review. You can tell everyone that will listen. They can find us on various podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and more. Follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network, C-O-M-O-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. And on the web at comeon.network, our blogs, there are merches there. Check it out at comeon.network forward slash store. Today's episode of the Come On Network podcast is and was presented by Polocus. You can check out their Primal Instinct pre-workout online at polocus.com and use the code comeon, C-O-M-O-N, for 15% off at checkout at P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Until next time, stay safe. Here we go, Steelers, and come on. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.